Welcome everyone to another episode of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd. I'm here with my main man, JB. How's it going, big man? We are getting there. We are definitely getting there. We're getting there. This yeah. is um, episode big three O. So we've made it through the 20s and now we are at episode 30. Thank you for everybody who watches, who retweets, who likes, who's subscribed. Um, anyone that watches us on a weekly basis, we fucking love you. Um, and anyone who doesn't and it's your first time watching, welcome one, welcome all. And um, yeah, man, episode 30, we're fucking ready. Last, last episode was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a, up and a downy episode because the pay-per-view wasn't great um but it was a very um a very poignant event weren't it yeah um i labeled it online as a uh, good bad and a little sad and i think that's how it went it was you know good it had some nostalgia it had some tight wrestling lighting bits bad because it had some really bad stuff and uh, sad because the company folded like five days later or whatever right. bought five days later yeah it was bought by Vincent K. McMahon. Yeah. Um, but uh, as always, we like to start with a little bit of healthy news in the wrestling world. And uh, before we do that, I would like to say, hit the like button. Hit say the something. fucking... Listen, say don't something. get me started. Hit the fucking like button. Touch our bells. Touch them. You know, we don't make me sing the song. Don't make me... Uh, you're going to fucking make... You can touch our bells, touch our bells, touch mine, touch Jordan's as well. Yeah, just touch the fucking bell. It's just there. Don't wait until the end of the episode. Do it now. You're probably watching it on your phone or, or whatever, maybe your laptop. Um, just click the bell. Do it. Um, also, Jordan, we're going to unveil some very um, special things this week, aren't we? For people that have been watching our social media pages at chat grapple pops which you can find on twitter on instagram and now there's a new a newer page on facebook where you can just like it you don't have to join a group or participate but you can like it and you know you can see it on there as well official chat grapple and cheap pops mugs official you can see this one here because it's white it's because my background you can see our wonderful cartoon faces so we have the lovely uh, tag team mug that Jordan is uh, sporting right now. It is myself and Jordan in cartoon form, courtesy of Tyrant Tales, at Tyrant Tales. Oh, Big him up. Yeah. Um, and this, if you watch our program every week and you watch our shows and you listen, you know that every single week, a certain superstar, whoever's on the show, who basically is the buffest of them all. Usually Scott Steiner. Usually Scott Steiner. If we were doing AEW, it would probably be fucking matey boy. Um, <laughs> Brian Cage. It would be Brian Cage. But basically, this is the Ico Pro Jacked Award winner's mug. So every week we have an Ico Pro Jacked Award winner and you too now can have your own piece of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops merch, an Ico Pro Jacked Award winner mug. Look at you that. Can, you can feel pumped. You can feel jacked. You can feel like you've won the award yourself. You know, Fucking you can, A. You can drink your protein shakes out of it, your Road right. Warrior shakes. You can drink whatever right. you like. I'm drinking grape soda out of it today because That's right. 
I'm a bad man. <laughs> so we've got the tag team ones, as you can see here, and Jordan's got it. And on the back of the tag team one, it's got a massive Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops logo. Look at that. I mean, fucking hell. They will be oh. available to the wonderful public very, very soon. We don't have an official date on that. but Well, to be honest, if you fucking email us now, just holler at your boys and we'll yeah. get one out to you. Um, we're just looking at pricing at the moment because obviously it's a competitive world, um, but also, um, yeah. you know, we, we, we've got to cover costs and um, we've got to eat, um, you know. So at the end of the day, we're just working on a price, but... You know, we've already sent out a couple of promo mugs to people. And um, if you want one, holler at us. Price will be coming soon. And you too can be an ICO project. I'm, I'm not going to say for up. sure that it makes your drink taste better, but it feels like it makes your drink taste better. So it does. It's, yeah. it's like, it, it feels so good when it, when it hits your lips. It, it feels so good, you know? So, yes, get on this. Get on the merch. We, we don't want hundreds of bucks. We don't want your money either, really. We want YouTube's money. So if you're not going to buy a mug and you're listening to the podcast, please, please, please touch the bell. Get us up to a 1,000 subscribers. Then we can start taking YouTube's money, That's baby. Right. Hit the likes, hit the comments. Send us a comment, even if you don't like our faces. Just so even if you, think... you two look like mugs. That's right. If you think we're a couple of cunts, mugs. just like, you know what I mean? Just type it in there, you mugs. We, we don't, don't care. care. We really don't care. <laughs> But have, we just needed to unveil them because we're very proud of them. Um, no, of, that's of, right. They are incredibly handsome mugs on mugs. Um, so today's news is brought to you by our mugs. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> put it put it on your lips. That's how, that's the tagline. That's right. Put it on your lips. <laughs> um, I, actually, news. I actually sent one to Max, not the Hulk Hogan, and then he sends me a picture of him drinking out of it. Okay, and then he and then he sent me a voice message saying, "Don't get too excited. It's the only thing of yours that's going to touch my lips." So, um, <laughs> shout out to Max, not the Hulk Hogan, always with the funny quips. Gotta love the guy, man. Long time listener, long time friend. Big him up. Yeah, it's one of our day ones, right? Day ones, baby, yeah. from the start. Today, or not today's news, but it's been been a long week for us. So we'll get to the news that we can remember. Yeah. Um, our guy Booker T, someone who plays a part in Vengeance of what we're going to talk about soon, says AEW is like a revamp of WCW. I love it. But the fucking AEW fans weren't loving it. You know, I, I, I do you know what I've done? I've, I've, I've done gone and fucked up again and joined another AEW group. I know. Um, you know. <laughs> I saw it. So, I and the wow. news of this came on the group. Someone posted it up, and literally comment after comment was like, "Fuck you, Booker! You're fucking washed up, Booker! You don't know what you're fucking talking about, Booker!" Blah 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 blah. Um, but the fact that if anyone would know about what WCW was like, it would be Booker T. Wow. If yeah. anyone would know, it would be Booker. And if anyone would know about how it worked backstage, he's not, he's and not what speaking was... about it because he wrote he, he read a book written by Brian Alvarez. Do you get what I'm saying? He was fucking there. He didn't read a Met uh, Meltzer tweet. You know what I mean? We'll get he to fuck. him. Don't worry about that. We'll get to him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's making a valid point. You know, they have started to sign a few veterans, you know, here and there. They've got a massive bloated roster, which no one will, no one will you know, yes, they've now officially got a third show on, like two of them are on YouTube, which is fine. But they have a they have three shows to fill. 
you know, what was it? Uh, AEW Dark had like 15 matches on it. I, I can't sit through it. It's it's tough. I mean, the, the last pay-per-view that I watched was tough to watch. It was long. It was a long old slog, man. It was five hours of wrestling, including the pre-show. I'm pretty sure. Something like that, yeah. Um, it was a long old show, man. AEW did, you know, start AEW Dark Elevation this week, this Monday, just gone. Um, the only things that came out of it were a ridiculously hilarious promo, which I'm led to believe that Chris wrote for his good friend, Tony Khan. I, but I did I did write it. Put I the did. picture up again if we want. <laughs> That's right. As you can see, the picture put up on the screen now, myself and Tony Khan. Um, I did write his promo for him. I just, I just kept saying to him, just... Just keep on the, you know, the nine. Saying dynamite. Just, you know, you know, keep saying, keep saying it. Repetition tone. Yeah. Um, my my opinion was that he he probably should have opened the show if he wanted to be on the show so badly. He should have opened and welcomed everyone to the show. He should have either had a quick shot of him. You know, standing there saying, right, thank you, everyone, for joining us. You know, enjoy the show. Small, quick promo, 20 seconds, saying thank you so much for all your support, all that stuff. He didn't need to come out and do this shtick of, you know, nine nights, live on Dynamite, live on Dynamite. He didn't need to do it. I mean, he, but he, he said he wasn't ever going to be a character on the show, but he's been doing them adverts on Impact. Did you see that T-shirt that they brought out on Impact as well? Or was it on AEW where it had oh, the Bucks? No, let thighs slap him. No, fight, from the peep, from two of the people that but, but, slap the thighs the most. Yes. Who, who are they popping? They're popping the boys, bruv, again. Yeah, there you go. The, you know, Done. don't make us make another mug saying pop in the fucking boys pop in you know, the marks we, yeah like pop in the marks you know we they're just popping the boys it's little circle jerk of fucking inside jokes man you're never gonna get above 900k viewers by popping the fucking boys all the time well, did they i don't think they broke 750 or something this week on uh dynamite they probably might have done like it was close you, you know, know. They, beat, they beat nxt again you know great you know nxt is still probably the better wrestling show and it's the it's WWE's developmental, basically. Yeah. Apart from you know, it does have some names on it. You know, Adam Goldfin. You know, who are you know big names as such. Well, that's fine. You know, even but that's that's again to build up the 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 uh, the underlings, yeah. so to speak. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, we. I mean, I don't know. You got anything else? Yeah, you got some. Uh, well, it's. it's, it's, it's Fast lanes around the corner. It's tonight. Yeah, we are recording on a Sunday night. We've got fast lane tonight. In my head, Roman retains, and that's as far as I go with that. Yeah, there's no point putting a preview up because everyone will have seen it by then. Yeah, but you know, spoiler. You know, maybe the prediction: Roman retains. I'm, that's what I'm going with. Oh, and they're they're blowing the uh, the build on Sasha and Bianca. That's no good. That's that's disappointing. Yeah, but yeah, that's. I mean, you can you can find much better reviews of, <laughs> of current wrestling shows from other people, like our boy Bishop at you know TW takes. His we, podcast is fantastic. Go and check. Yeah, it. man, go to, go check him out. Check out our man Bishop on uh, Terrible Wrestling Takes. But 
we we just literally dip our toes into i mean we still watch it but we don't really go too far in to the reviews of the new stuff we don't really you know we 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 watch it we give a little quick opinion also um there was um there was a, the women's match recently okay it happened literally a couple of days well, the main ago. event yes the, the AEW dynamite main event um thunder was... and Britt baker dm yeah i think that's how it said um they had themselves a a heck of a brawl, you know, a no DQ thing. And did I'm guessing she bladed, like because she well, bloody, you know. It, it's one of these things again. They put it on a t-shirt really quickly. They fucking again. It's like they fucking just releasing a t-shirt. It's like, you know, for fuck's sake. Like Would you wear this- a t-shirt with a woman bleeding across the head, like in public. I don't know, probably not, bruv. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, I like I like Britt Baker. I like her, okay. But oh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, you know, great wrestlers, two of the but biggest fir- stars on AEW right now. Yeah, but fir- first of all, okay, all the people that what again, they're fucking heralding this match as the best women's match they've ever seen. And yes, people have said that. Yes, people have said that. This is the best women's match that I've ever seen. These well, are people that have never seen, you know, all Japan women and stuff. Oh, but, but, you know, fuck's sake. It they've wasn't... not seen it, they've not seen it. We can't we can't make people watch stuff, you know. that's No, but the thing is, a little bit of blood and a little bit of guts and some thumbtacks, and they're like, oh, my God, this is fucking great. Oh, my God, this is like the women's division is so fucking great now. It's one match, bruv. It's one match. And, and, and you know... Get over your fucking selves. Yeah, it was all right. But as wrestling goes, it was still a little bit sloppy and it wasn't the greatest match ever fucking done. It really wasn't. I, so I said, give put your knobs me. away. Yeah. Rosa put- is, you know, she is killing it right now. She is one of the, she's probably the the best women's wrestler in AEW right now. Like I, I can't see, I can't see any past her at the minute. Like there might, might be a better one. You might say, Hikaru Shida's better, but it's not for me. Not Maki Ito, no. Oh, <laughs> those those really violent microphone microphone shots. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you know, but you know, to be honest, it's not us actually every week shitting on AEW. It's more like shitting on the fans that really have got a lot of them have got shit for brains because they you know one one okay. half decent thing that happens and they're like heralding it as something it's not amazing. Just that. It's also the people that read. A publication written by a sixty-plus-year-old man that has—and I hate to go this this deep into it—but he has a has a bit of a hard on for you know these guys that do flips and don't sell a fucking thing. Um, just quickly, I'm glossing over it because I really couldn't care less. Uh, the New Japan Cup was won by someone. Um, who apparently has six star matches, but I know for a fact he's a ten star prick. So, bro, we we this is the thing. Whatever. At some point, I'm not mentioning his name on this show. So. No, no. But the thing is, yeah, some point we are going to have to mention this cunt because he gets a lot of positive shine, but people don't seem to want to look at things that he's been involved in oh, in you the see it online. People either are ignorant to it or they just you know. they just don't want to fucking know, bro. And 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 the fact is, we have personal fucking 
information that that we know these things have gone on with him. So, um, and at some point we are going to talk about him because he is a ten star prick. There you go. And you know, however, you know, flip your way out of that, you can't. Exactly. That's it. You know. Oh, he no sold a clothesline and did a, did a cutter on someone. He also fucking yeah. smashed some bird, didn't he? It, like, um, it, it, it now he. Oh, yeah, he gave a cutter to, you know, the the female he was with, and like, I don't know, just just you know, New Japan being a bit tone deaf. Of course they are, like, you know. I mean, I was reading about <clears throat> Gato being the booker and stuff, and you know, maybe a little bit out of touch, maybe a little bit out of sight, out of mind on that. Whatever, you know, we'll move on because. I don't particularly want to give that any airtime. Well, there was another thing as well. Meltzer talking about if you think this and this fucking die, um, and then talking about someone dying. Um, yeah, Barry Orton, uh, Randy's uncle, passed away. Pretty much the next tweet. Yeah, it was pretty. It was the next tweet. You know. Yeah. So, like I said, tone deaf, out of touch, morons with you know, very, 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 very small minds and big hard-ons for crappy matches. That's fine. Enjoy. Do what you do. Yeah. And, but, you know, the, a, a lot of the, I mean, we've, we've, we've spoken about this previously, but with the whole hashtag speaking out thing, but it seems like there's a lot of fucking creeps in wrestling that are trying to creep their way back in the as way well. Back in. Again, we won't name names because we don't want to give them any airtime and, you know, it wouldn't be right, but there's a few names starting to pop back in and they can. Yep. Yeah. And, we're, and we're not happy yeah. and we're not fucking having it. You know, Brit wrestling, we love Brit wrestling, but there's a few creeps trying to know, fucking. They better not roll around to, to, this, to a Stevenage show anytime soon. Trust me. They better not come around this manner. I tell you, <laughs> because they will get smashed up. But yeah, that's uh unless there's anything else you want to add to this week's news, which was brought to you by chat grab on cheap pops mugs, you know, put it on. Yeah, your man. Um, just. Yeah. Contact us on um, chatgrappleandcheappops at gmail.com. That's yeah. chatgrappleandcheappops at gmail.com. Holler sure at us. I'm sure our perfect editor will put it right across the screen as well. You done know to done know. Um, it will be across the screen. So get on us on the email and you too could have one of these beautiful mugs. You can have either the Ico Pro Jack the Ward winner or you can have the beautiful Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops tag team mug those those tag team these championships oh dude we we got don't worry it's like aew mate we're going to be the bookers so we'll just keep the straps we'll be in a faction before you know it. <laughs> trust me bro <laughs> we're the only goddamn bookers on this goddamn show god damn it so with that <laughs> you know as always the delorean is primed and ready to go we pump that shit up to 88 miles per hour we are setting our dials back just a little bit more recent because we are in 2002. Still like what you would, you know, 19 years ago or so. It's, um, it's, it's Detroit. It's yep. a place that I've, I've been to Detroit's airport um, on a stopover. That's as far as it got for me. Um, 12,000 at the Joe Lewis arena, 375,000 buys. That's a good number. Bro. Everyone's creaming in their pants that AEW made $6 million 
on this pay-per-view. What were they charging for the pay-per-view in America? But, but this is what I'm trying to say, bruv. You're, when you're charging $50 for a fucking pay-per-view, it's like... Like, do, honestly, do you honestly think any pay-per-view... People paid it, though. People paid it. Like, if... Yeah, but this is the fucking... The, but honestly, in, in reality, do you honestly think any pay-per-view is worth $50? No. You could buy two tickets for the actual event, dude. World, world title fights in boxing, which is, you know, different, you know, you could say it's apples and oranges and that. It's still fucking pay-per-view. Yeah. But, and these big fights involving Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, you know. 30 quid max, is it? Yeah, I don't think they've ever charged any more than that for a fight. Yeah. And I know they put their price up recently to maybe 25 for, it might have been Anthony Joshua and Pulev or even Andy Ruiz, but... Jesus, man, like 25 quid, and that's still a lot of money, you know, to, to people. Bro, I'm telling you, 50 yeah. 50 fucking dollars, man. $50. Tony Khan is milking the marks, fam. Milking the marks. Like, you know. That only works for so long, you know. I mean, and, and it only works for so long when you're putting up subpar product as well. Because if someone's going to be paying 50 quid, they want fucking bells, whistles, the fucking lot, bro. They want explosions. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure want... and Christian weren't cheap. But the, yeah, but you know what? They were hyping it up like it was going to be Kurt Angle. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, it wasn't. Because we've got Kurt Angle in this main event right here. We fucking have. And what a main event it is. Oh, Fuck me. We'll get, we'll get to the main event. We, You know, we had... Last week was, like you say, it, 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 was, it wasn't the greatest show on earth. But this pay-per-view that we are covering today is a fucking great event. Good. Absolutely good. fantastic. And I've been waxing... We've been talking about it, you know... Because, you know, like I say, we, me and Jordan know each other. We're actually pals. We don't just, this ain't just like. This, this pod- would be the perfect time to put up that picture that I uh, I put together. It's the two of us separately at wrestling training. Yeah, dude. And yeah. and this was, how many years ago was that, bruv? Are you looking at like 2008, 2009. So it's like, man, that's. 13, 13 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and this is a thing. We're actually friends. We're not just like people that have met online and decide to do a podcast together. This is like, yeah. you know, my testicles have been on the back of his neck. You get what I'm saying? And yeah, vice versa. Likely. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I've hurricane ranted this cunt like yeah. quite a few times. So maybe my testicles have slapped his chin. Not, we don't know. It's not as difficult as it sounds. I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> you know so we're, we're actually pals so you know we talk all and the time that's right and as good broadcast journalists we do stay in contact and we do talk about what we're watching that's uh, right <laughs> july 21st 2002 the first wwe pay-per-view wwf had just you know trailed off they'd lost their battle with the panda people was they you know the panda people i think it so was much I think it might have been the second one, George. I think the first one might have been Judgment Day. Okay. I think I think the first one was Judgment Day. I'm not certain, but the King of the Ring for that year, 2002, was, was WWF, de- yeah. that was WWF. Um, and I'm pr- I, I think that Judgment Day 2002 was the first WWE uh, pay per view, but this was definitely first or second for sure. Uh, no, Judgment Day was WWF. Was it really? It was in May, yeah. The beauty of Google. Yeah, because I think they, they changed on the 5th of May or something. That was when they lost the, the court date or something. And I think 
I, I thought Judgment Day might have been the first one, but like I say, fucking, yeah. you know, is what it is. It, it was, it was fucking there, but it, you know, it could have been this one. It could have been, you know, it could have been this one. It was the first WWE, but I, yeah. I was under the impression it was um, Judgment Day. Either, either way. Either way. Fucking good pay per view. We. There's a few things going on around at this time. You know, Steve Austin is gone. He uh, he had taken his ball and gone home after being asked to put over Brock Lesnar on Raw in a King of Ring qualifier match, which, I mean, that's a bad enough idea in general. You know, that's a pay-per-view match before anyone starts on us on with that. I, you know, do you refuse to put people over? Do you refuse a job? You know, it happens. Of course it does. I mean, it, it no, like happens all the time. I was going to say, if you're Buff Bagwell, it's a fucking regular occurrence, yeah. man. But, yeah, Austin is no longer part of the company. He's he's off and away. So they've... I think they rushed The Rock back for King of the Ring to do his run-in um, with Triple H and Undertaker in that main event. And... You know, we go from there. Undertaker wanted The Rock. Kurt Angle and Triple H, not Triple H, Kurt Angle and The Undertaker had a killer match on SmackDown, which ended oh, in a double, you know, great match. Tap out. Yeah, what a match that was. Um, I, I, honestly, Kurt Angle for me. Just to make sure. Yeah, man. I fucking love Kurt Angle, mate. I, 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 I can't hear any bad thing said against Kurt Angle. He is for sure is one of the greats. Year, you know, into the business, Kurt Angle as well, which is incredible. Fun incredible but yeah we are here it's july 21st it's 2002 it's vengeance it's michael cole and taz doing the first half of the show we are just at the brand split you know people picking sides picking you know raw and smackdown uh, eric bischoff was introduced as the general manager of raw one week ago and that that takes me back, man. Like that ridiculous handshake they've had, which is so awkward. Bischoff giving it the thumbs up to the crowd. It's one of, I mean, I was shocked when I first saw it in 2002. And that was, yeah, what a. I mean, for, for, for Bischoff to be on WWE TV was something that no one really ever thought would happen. But fuck me, man, you can't not sums it up when he says he sat at the commentary booth with Vince where Vince would wish that man dead and yeah I don't doubt that for a second no but the thing is whatever people want to fucking say about Vince McMahon Vince is fucking smart dude yeah he's a fucking smart man and when you buy WCW and you have such a like a visceral character that that Bischoff was a, yeah a polished character Someone you know, that knows how to work on TV. Yeah, you know, and he was hated universally by many people. Why would you not say, fuck me? We, you know, because Mr. McMahon wasn't really that hated character at this time too much. Um, um, he'd gone in and out. He'd brought the end yeah. of the road back. He'd sort of like, yeah, he was staying off TV a little bit. Um, he had that whole Steve Austin thing, you know, again to, yeah. to deal with and he decided that, yeah, we can go forth with a split and two general managers. Stephanie would be running SmackDown, as we'll see later on in the yep. show. We get to our first match. He said, um, Sorry, can we just talk about the intro as well? Because it's, it's called WWE Vengeance, obviously. Um, and they, 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 
have the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen speech from Pulp Fiction yeah. that um, Samuel L. Jackson does. You know, when you destroy my brothers and you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. And it's like just just the intro for it. Like this is pretty much still the golden era of wrestling. We've gone through the Monday Night Wars. We've gone through, you know, WCW being bought. Star power here. This is fucking fantastic, dude. Through this whole card, it is the best that WCW and WWF, WWE at that time, all thrown together in this pay-per-view. You know, minus Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously. But fuck me, what a card. What what star power there was. You know, 2002, man. Jeez, it was a fucking good... The Ruthless Aggression era yes, ruthless is beginning. Yes, Ruthless Aggression is just starting. Yeah, so you're hearing yeah, that man. Quite, quite a bit. Um, like I said, our first match Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley and Spike Dudley. Uh, Devon would be drafted to SmackDown, so it's a raw match from what I'm told here. That's right. Um, taking on Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit in a tables match. I mean, watching this, it was difficult purely because you can't find too many good things to say about Benoit. I mean, in the ring, it's hard work. It, in the ring, he couldn't do much wrong. Um, Move, yeah. You know, as a as a performer, you have to put him over. But yeah, you know, as a human being, it's still one of them things where it is difficult to, you know, sing his praises, so to speak. You know what I mean? But as we always say on this show, we're watching the show. You know, yeah, so. A little disclaimer, you know, if we say our oh, fucking Benoit was great here and all this, don't be like, oh, they're putting over a fucking murderer or whatever, you know, all that yeah, shit. Like, just and let's be honest, like people know how much we love Nancy. So oh dude, we there is oh mate, don't get me started on Nancy. Oh, you know, woman, yeah, she's fucking incredible, man. She always was. Those promos of her and Mean Gene are some of the best promos that you'll ever see, <laughs> yeah. without a doubt. Uh, consummate heel uh, Eddie Guerrero is getting the Eddie sucks treatment straight away. Now, something I noticed in this match was how smooth and how almost perfect Bubba's bumping was. I oh, he was man live. That was he, he was fantastic. You cannot fault him. I mean, go. He was bumping all over the place for these two fuckers, man. You know and. You know, he would have he worked with them in ECW. It's um, an ECW match, isn't it? It was dude, it was absolutely fantastic. And you know, let's just talk about how ripped fucking Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were. Um there's a few ICO Pro challenges this week. There's there's a few challenges to this mug it's right here. Mug, yeah, right. Um there's oh. a few the ICO Pro Jacked Award could have gone to many people in this show. And but um Benoit had been out for 13 months. Yeah, King of the Ring 2001, he'd taken a back uh sorry, back suplex from the top rope and that jacked his neck up pretty bad. Um Spike... it was it was it was Jericho, Austin and Benoit in a freeway, weren't it, at King yeah. of the Ring? Spike is the scrappy underdog. Works in his match, the crowd's 100% behind him. He does do some of the bigger bumps, but again, like you can't take away from Bubba's bumping, he's 
all over. He, the workhorse in this match. He really does bump his ass off. He's working really well. Um, you, you also, this is the first time you see this individual, but you'll see them constantly through the show. And I just want to ask you, did you see like the China like impersonator cosplay? cosplay I mean, dude, was that a dude or was it a, a, a Not chick? sure. I was watching it and I couldn't figure it out. I didn't want to try. Oh, mate. If, if, right, like we always say, if you're listening to our episodes and you're watching the, the videos, please go back and watch this pay per view. First of all, because it's an absolutely fantastic pay per view and you, you, you know, you can't get much better than Vengeance 2002. But, um, just to see this like China cosplay person in the front, it's you know, something else. absolutely fantastic, man. You know, people having fun at wrestling shows, exactly what it should be. Oh, it's incredible. The crowd are really loving this as well, weren't they, this event? As the match wears on, it does look like the pace is getting to Bubba a little bit. He seems to be uh, blown. He seems to be blown up, but I think that's mainly because the pace that has been set by Benoit and Eddie. Yeah. They're just... They're working really well together as a heel team as well. You know, they're double teaming Bubba. They're not tagging each other in, but just double teaming coming in I and out. It was weird as it was an elimination tables match, they were tagging each other anyway. Yeah, I did think it was a bit but, weird because they were doing it, but um, it was so they set, they set up a table. Eddie sets up a table outside. Yeah, and um, you know we we uh, we get like Spike taking Eddie out over the top rope, which was just. It was great. It, yeah. You know, he, he Eddie gets on the apron to kind of put Spike over into the table and then Spike just grabs him and does his, like, tornado DDT yeah, the, thing. the Dudley dog. The, that's the one. Yeah. That's it. Um, Eddie, yeah, Eddie's the first one to be eliminated. But then Benoit, like, quick as a flash, just presses Spike because Spike is, what, 150 pounds. Soaking wet. Yeah, <laughs> just presses him for a table at ringside. Like he literally just yeah, he just picks him up and throws him. And that leaves us with uh it's it's a quick it's a quick sort of finish they get to. Yeah. And we get a bubba bomb from well from Bubba obviously onto Benoit, and that's it, we're done. You get the um there's a few things in there's um a double suplex on Bubba. Um Spike that's moves quite, the table yeah. out the way. Um, you get a tackle as well that like he tries to put Spike through the table that's set up in the corner and Bubba does like an American football tackle, rugby tackle, gets him out of the way. You also get a what's up on Chris Benoit where, yeah. you know, Spike well, comes off the top. Yeah. And then you've got Taz talking about the Taz, the, the Canadian grapefruits. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's crazy. The the swanton through the table as well. Bubba tries to do a swanton. Matey moves out the way. Um, yeah, and it's it's just like you say. Um, there, there's a few things happening. It's, it's a, quite a good match. I, I like it. We won't go through it spot for spot. As well. Good crowd in front of him, which always helps. It was good, man. It was good. Coach, Jonathan Coachman. There's someone we don't see a lot on our shows. Uh, it's with Eric Bischoff and... Bishop is happy that his raw stars are showing that ruthless aggression. There it is. We're going to there say we that. Go. We should be playing the ruthless aggression drinking game. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. I've got loads of ruthless aggression figures as well, man. It's um, we've got one that was in our Santino Morella episode. Yeah. Um, got a Ric Flair as well. 
think I've got a couple like sitting up there. I think I've got I've got a double one of Hurricane and uh, his superhero in training. What gig? Molly Holly? No, the uh, was it <laughs> Rosie, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bischoff wants Triple H on Raw. Triple H has been sort of been told he's free enterprise. You can go where you want and. As uh, Triple H is walking towards Bischoff, he, go, he dips into Stephanie's locker room, and, but he says that he'll let Stephanie take, like, make her pitch, which worries Bischoff like mad. It's, it's um, a common theme throughout the show that about Triple H and what he's going to do. So we'll be going back to that like quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of the main talking points because at this time, um, Triple H was involved in the kind of title schmoz as well. Um, you know, so I mean, he, look, he won, look the, at the, won the championship at WrestleMania that year. Yeah, you know, look at the stars that are in this. You know, you've got you've got there's stars everywhere. You know, it is literally like chock a block with superstars. And speaking of stars, it is our cruiserweight title match. Jamie Noble with Nidia. Yeah, uh, I think she won the first tough enough, didn't she? Yeah, man. Um, and he's taking on Billy Kidman. Uh, Jamie Noble's our champion. They're doing a doing a trailer park gimmick, which is okay. It's weird. But wait, wait, wait till you get to fucking Vengeance 2003. Do you remember Vengeance 2003? Oh, off the top of my head. There was, there was a Jamie Noble match against, who was he against? He was against someone. And if he won, then he gets to sleep with Tory Wilson. Do you remember that? Good Lord. No. Yeah. I didn't it was, it was crazy. I can't remember who it was against, but basically it was, um, yeah, that, that was Vengeance 2003. <laughs> Vengeance 2002 on the other hand Jamie Noble and uh, Billy Kidman Billy Kidman, someone we spoke about last week on our WCW Greed show and how he was in the Cruiserweight tag title match someone that probably could have been pushed a little further in WCW. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember Kidman um, having, you know, in WCW having two slobber knocker matches in one night you know, he had a match against Hogan uh, in WCW around 99, 2000. He gave, Fuck. he gave Disco Inferno his best match as well. Uh, you know, it, wow. you know, and, and let me just say this now as well. Jamie Noble, really underrated talent for me. No slouch, is he? He's fucking incredible, mate. You know, he's a really good worker. Um, you know, and you've got a match like Jamie Noble versus Billy Kidman as like a kind of cruiserweight title match you can't complain at that really no you know even Noble's not your typical flyer as a no which is it doesn't doesn't bother me in the slightest because he some of the stuff in his match is excellent oh he's great really good um noble will use nidia to his advantage put his pushing her in the way and stuff like that to get yeah get a hold of kidman um, he's working kidman's shoulder um in all the while, the commentary booth uh, Michael Collins has are hyping up the debut of one Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio Jr. Yes, they call him. And that... um, I mean, I've got a fantastic piece of merch, but it's hanging up right on my wall, right in front of me. Um, it I've is. Seen it, yeah. You, you a... sent me the picture. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can probably put the picture up. I probably could put the picture up. As you can, oh, there you go. I'll put the picture up. It's um a signed T-shirt by Ray Mysterio. 
Jr. a SmackDown versus Raw 2008 promotional T-shirt for the game when it came out. And I've got a figure in there and I've got a sticker from the Rivals series in there, a shiny, as we used to call them, the foil stickers. Yeah, I'll swap your shiny. Have you got this shiny? You remember them ones with the Premier League ones? 12 regular ones. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you wanted the Premier, in the Premier League ones, you'd get the Premier League shiny and it was always number one in the book. And in the WWF, WWE ones, the the logo was always sticker number one. You're like, yeah, I've got the shiny. I'll swap it for like 12 fucking up normals. Um, But yeah, that's what I've got on the wall right in front of me. Fantastically done by um, treeoflifeframing.com. So uh, holler at them for all your framing needs, wrestling or non-wrestling. They'll hook you up. But um, yeah, they were bigging up the Rey Mysterio Jr. debut because remember, this is 2002. You know, we're literally a year away from when WCW went out of business. So a lot of these guys are fresh from WCW. Like I say, this this is the melting pot. Isn't it? Well, they've the ones that made it over and have done well. That the others who didn't quite make it have made their way to TNA. Exactly, <laughs> NWA TNA. You know that. Um, Billy Kidman misses his shooting star press. Um, and this is where this is. Oh man, this is so good. This Tiger Bomb. It's great. Perfectly executed. It's a, it's a clean win for Jamie Noble. But the Tiger Bomb is just, you know, chef's kiss and all that. Like, oh, so good. Go is. back and watch it if you've not seen it. Like, I know you're not going to watch a show for one move, but, like, the rest of the show is great too, so. It's well yeah. worth a watch, honestly. We're, we're not just, you know, saying this. This is, you know, we, we try and keep it steady with the, the types of pay-per-views we watch and that, you know, this we don't. A treat for us. You know, this is a fucking great treat for us to watch this. You know, really, really good. Like I say, the whole card is fantastic. Um, Kurt Angle is with a guy I don't remember. No, I can't remember his name either. So we're just going to call him Guy. Yeah, um, he was with Guy. Sorry, Guy. Um we don't remember your name. Um, he says that he, he deals in whens and not ifs, and he's going to be the next uh, undisputed champion. He is interrupted by one Paul Heyman and the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. And this is, even this meeting of Brock and Angle is pretty intense. Yeah. Like, you know, two amateur wrestlers, you know, you could sort of feel the feel the heat there. It's, again, but just... It's when the stuff was great. It's really good work. Um, Kurt, Kurt Angle was like, hi, my name's Kurt Angle, <laughs> Olympic gold medalist. Exactly. You know, He's like... always got that over him as well. Um, it's so Brock good. Not to get involved, you know. And dude, it's... I I I listened to um, a JR's podcast recently and they're talking about Brock Lesnar being on steroids, right? And I know Brock probably doesn't like me because I've spoken out of turn about Sable. Uh, <laughs> he is, um, but fuck me, you know, Brock, Brock Lesnar was, I think, on the juice at this time because when you watch this interview with Kurt Angle, his right peck has got them bitch tits, bruv. He's got one of them bitch tits, like that. What they call it, like masticated nipples or whatever, from like human growth hormone. 
You can kind of see it. You're not even saying nothing, are you? You're pleading the fifth. Look at him. He's keeping his mouth well shut. Like Brock's going to turn up and fucking F5 him in his back garden. <laughs> it's fucking... But anyway, my, my, my point is this. Disclaimer here, people. Yeah, my, my point is this, though. Me personally, right? I don't... I know I might even get heat for this, bruv. But I don't personally care if wrestlers are on the gas, bruv, it doesn't, I'm not offended by it. I don't think they're cheating. Um, I don't, I genuinely, like most of the time, I think it's pretty sick. <laughs> like it's more to do with their health, I'm guessing. Than of course, of course. I mean, would you prefer it if they were just on the beak? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, promos. that's what I'm saying. They will get better promos if they're on the beak, but Cocaine is probably more detrimental to your health than steroids is, I would say. Um, okay. Long-term usage. Say, for example, you there, there's um there's the uh, documentary "Bigger, Stronger, Faster." We spoke about it in our. Uh, Mike Drosy, Duke the Dumpster Drosy interview when we were talking about Chris Bell, Mike Bell and the, the Bell family okay, in that documentary he explores about steroids and how it's ingrained in American society to kind of be bigger, stronger and faster and they talk about, you know, in sports, in, in, in general you know, you can't you can't really compete unless you're on some kind of performance enhancing substances, you know, and, and that in a way is more wrong than professional wrestling because in professional wrestling, you know, no one wants to see, and I don't give a fuck. This is why no one really wants to see skinny puny dudes today. You know what I mean? Like, as long as it's done in a way where they're not like, you know, I would say most of the deaths in wrestling don't come from steroids. Do you get what I'm saying? I they don't think the party drugs. they come from the party drugs and the painkillers. That's what you, that's what you think. That's personally what I think. I, I don't think that steroids are the causes of, of, of the deaths. I think, I mean, if it was, I mean, Hogan wouldn't be around, first of all, <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, there's and, and and people like, you know, superstar Billy Graham, who have openly admitted that they took steroids for years and years and years. And people like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger was taking fucking steroids when he was a 15-year-old kid with, as has been said in, in the documentary, with hardly a hair on his dick. He was taking steroids, you know, at the age of 15, 16. They were legal so, then as well, though. What's that, mate? They were legal as well, though, weren't they? I'd, well, I'd, I wouldn't even say legal. I just think no one really knew about them at that time really too much. Um, <laughs> that means they weren't illegal, doesn't it? <laughs> that's right. They weren't illegal, but no one really give a fuck about them because there wasn't the kind of media hype. So in a way, it is a kind of hot take. But for me, like... The, the, the main problem is is the prescription painkillers and the party drugs um, that were probably killing off these guys. I mean, there are obviously exceptions to the rule when you've got guys like the Ultimate Warrior 
who passed away with a heart problem, who wasn't particularly old, was he? No. I mean, how old was the warrior? I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to go and look that up. But... You know, not not massive, not really old. Um, so I mean, like I say, I, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing for me. But I, I just, I mean, steroids. We, we, I mean, we talk about the fucking Ico Pro Jack Award and all that. But on a serious note, you know, steroids have been used in professional wrestling, and they will continue to be used in professional wrestling. Um, I joked about Lashley the other day, <laughs> you know, but you've got these guys that are, you know, they're fucking, they're like superhumans, dude. You know, they're superhumans. And yes, the human body can get massive with Ico Pro shakes and, you know, certain supplements, but good workouts, yeah. Good, you know, but fuck me, when you get to certain levels and you look at certain guys, it, you know, yeah, it's 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 still being used. It will always be used, but for me, it's not like the main cause of these guys' deaths. I don't think you know it's it might have been a factor. Who knows? But there's not been the studies haven't been done, so we we just don't know. And while they're not being done, the studies aren't being done. We're not going to know this stuff. And then you will get people. People are going to misuse drugs anyway. Of course they are. Um, and steroids is another one that can easily be, excuse me, be misused. Um, but I think steroids can be used responsibly. Um, but it all depends on the person and yada, yada, yada. So hot take steroids. Yes, they can be bad, but fuck it. They can, they can also be good too. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's Chris's take on steroids. Chris wants steroids back in the ring. How do well, you think about it? <laughs> I don't want anyone to inject steroids in my ring. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fucking I, hell. I haven't really formed an opinion on that. Like this is something that you've you've sort of taken like you've taken time to think about it and you've it's something you wanted to say. And I yeah, I haven't it's not it's definitely not part of my sheet. <laughs> I no, no, it's not no, it's funny, it's because I've watched the documentary. Um, stronger, bigger, stronger, faster many times. It's one of my favorite movies or whatever to watch. And there's a lot of information in there that Chris Bell breaks down about steroids. And, you know, it, even he says, you know, all it, but all of, all of the brothers did them at one time. And one of the brothers ended up dying through drug misuse. But even he's saying that, you know, the steroids, Yes, he used to take steroids and they were a part of it, but it wasn't the thing that, you know, that, that killed him, basically. It was other stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's really, it's, you know, and I don't know, since his brothers died, he might have changed his outlook on that. You know, maybe he did think it was a bit more of a factor, but, you know, it, it's sorry, it just popped into my head because we're talking about Brock Lesnar and I, I, I listened to JR and JR was one of them guys that said, as well, we said, look, you know, was Brock Lesnar taking steroids at this time? I don't fucking know. And who fucking cares? You know, it, it was, that was basically what JR said. Yeah. So that just popped into my head when we were talking about Brock Lesnar. And, um, you know, it was um, just something that I had to kind of talk about because it's, it's you know, it's something that has always been in wrestling, right? It has. And I, I don't think we're going to get away from it. It was never, you know, everyone has, you know, wellness policies and all that. And 
but it feels like people would eventually get you know suspended or fined or lose their jobs in some cases like eddie guerrero did in 2001 for recreational drugs and misuse of you know other drugs not necessarily steroids i mean it even pissed me off that they um they disciplined rvd for smoking weed you know, it was one of them where RVD regularly got in trouble for fucking... This is long before the regulation and the legalisation of it, though. So. Yeah, I mean, but fuck it, man. States. Yeah, man, the herb the herb is natural from the earth, you know what I mean? Let's not get into that one. But, um, yeah, you know... tells us all. Yeah, that's a, it's from the earth. Take advantage, man. You know, it's one of them ones where, if anything, these guys need more natural remedies for their painkillers because... You know, that's what RV, RVD was what is one of the most healthiest um, in shape in ring people. You see what he does in the ring. He's on this show. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He's against Brock Lesnar on this pay-per-view. And he's always said, you know, he was, he would do his stretching for an hour before he was even in the ring, you know, and he was so supple. That's why he never really had those long-term injuries. And he said he used to smoke cannabis constantly, you know, and he, he said that it did nothing but good for him. Um, and also, our buddy interviewed him recently uh, on that 90s wrestling podcast. Yeah, James uh, James had a good long chat from that 90s wrestling podcast, yeah, uh, with Rob Van Dam. That's something you can check out as well. Yeah, and he's got the pots of weed behind him when he's interviewing <laughs> RVD. RVD's sitting there, like, with a fucking dispensary behind him with all his bottles of weed and that, you know, so that's another thing that can be looked into because they're using it, they're looking at it in UFC, in American football as well, because these guys as well go through a lot of physical, yeah. um, you know, pain. And if they if we can find more natural painkillers for these guys, let them fucking smoke ganja, man. Let them let that be their painkiller rather than them being on the zannies and the fucking these other painkillers that will eat your insides. You know, we've got to look at other options. It's 2021. Long, long, long before Brexit, we had a European title. Jordan does a great job of reining me in when I go on these tangents love it national treasure and hero William Regal takes on the dastardly Jeff Hardy Um, (laughs) is a very high pitched pop for Jeff Hardy that man has got yeah the girls screaming for him however The the Chinese are tingling for Jeff Hardy for sure However, the fans are charting for our good hero, Regal. You can hear the word Regal. There's another word after it. I can't quite figure it out. I, I, just I, think, I think they're it. just saying Regal's great, and they're just yeah. cheering him on. Like, as that's they right. Should. It's like they're, they're, with their fingers, they're saying he's number one. Number one, number yeah, one. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but in, this, is a, this isn't a super long match, but it is a good one. It's good fun. Regal gets his knees up on the Swanton Bomb, which looks really painful he's probably done it he's probably fine from it but the yeah. knees up on the swans on he lands on like across regal's legs it looks pretty rough and this is jeff hardy who had only recently challenged for the undisputed title in that ladder match with the undertaker that's right which was epic in its own right you know for a monday night raw there was there was a lot of cracking matches on the house shows on 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 Raw and on SmackDown around this time. Yeah, it really was. Um, Regal has a busted lip or something cut inside his mouth. Didn't see where that came from. And 
the disappointing thing for me is that this match doesn't go on long enough because I thought they were starting to gel quite nicely. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, Regal is easily one of the best workers in the business for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Not that we're biased or anything. Not that we're biased at all. Do you know what I mean? From Blackpool, England. You know, but you know the guy, the guy was doing stuff in WCW. Years and years and years and years ago, that people were just like flabbergasted about it because they'd never seen nothing like it. But these are like yeah. old British wrestling moves that, like, the transitions, yeah, it's just oh, it's yeah, absolutely it fantastic. You know, some of the moves, you know, it's you know, like, you know, I, I implore people to go and watch matches. If you're any American viewers, we talk really wax lyrical about, um about William Regal, but go and watch matches like Steve Gray versus Mal Sanders, okay? Go and watch those British wrestling matches because you'll see reversals and chain wrestling like you've never seen. Yeah. It is absolutely fantastic. Real real good chain wrestling. Like I say, Mal Sanders versus Steve Gray, they've wrestled each other a million times. There's easily going to be matches on YouTube. Go out and watch it. Yeah. Fantastic matches. It is a schoolboy roll-up for three out of nowhere, um, which uh, it annoys me a little bit just because I felt the match was getting was going somewhere. Um, Regal cries afterwards. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic. He feels like he's though. disappointed a nation, and he hasn't. He's still he's still a hero. He's still our dude, man. Regal is will forever be the man in our and, eyes. Uh, you only have to see some of the uh, WWE shows when they. F- started coming over to do Raw and SmackDown in the UK finally, like in 2000, I think it was five was the first one. Even Insurrection. They did Insurrection in 2002. The pops that Regal was getting, especially like later on when he was, even when he was teaming with Eugene and stuff was just insane. Um, Ric Flair and our WrestleMania 37 host Hulk Hogan. That's been quite controversial online. Um, Congratulations, Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Especially he's working with a black man as well. And, um, you know, I know I had to go there, bruv, you know, and there is obviously that that meme that I sent you as well. What, the spray paint? <laughs> with the spray yeah. paint and him spraying the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like, I don't know. It's... You, it, you know, as I say, I Jamaica... Wouldn't, I wouldn't got... have picked him. I'd have picked, you know, we all laugh and joke about things, but... I would have picked someone who's probably not going to work the show. Someone with a real charisma and talent. And they probably could have been Billy Kay. Could I actually? I've got. I'm looking at my Billy Kay and Peyton Royce battle pack figures. I've got the. Uh, I've got their battle pack you know, figures. Billy Kay would have been ten times funnier than Gronkowski. You know, last year it didn't click for me with the host. They could have picked anyone else. I'm fucking dreading it's Mania. Florida and Hogan's in Florida, so there you go. It, it's crazy, though. Mania is going to be a fucking... We're going to need, like, matchsticks for eyes. Like, that that week of wrestling is going well, to be, like, whole fucking... Week, that whole week is going to be wild. Clockwork Orange, bruv. I mean, we've, got, fucking... we've, got things, we've got things going on during that week as well ourselves, so... Yeah. Watch out for that. Um, they do got... joke about... Ric Flair and Hogan do joke about Hogan doing a Swanton bomb. Um, I thought that was incredible. I'd, I'd pay $50 to see it. <laughs> now, that's something I would... I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, it, it's, it's great as well, because Hogan calls him Rickles. 
Yeah, it's like old pals, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, Rickles, you know, and it's the way that Flair, Flair sells it and Hogan goes, yeah, I'll give the Hulkamaniacs a... Because they greet Jeff Hardy when he comes out and Flair says to him, you're doing good, kid, you know what I mean, and all that. You're doing good, puts him over. And then uh, Hogan talks about doing a swanton. He's like, yeah, Flair's like, I can just imagine, you know, JR talking, saying, oh, Hogan slowly makes his yeah, way slowly, up to yeah. the fucking top turnbuckle, then falls on his ass. <laughs> um, they they just discuss uh, working for Bischoff and, you know, possibly working for Stephanie and how that could work. It's nothing. It was a... It was a, it was a it, cut, wasn't it? No, but it's funny, though, when they talk about... Yeah, Hogan goes... Oh, it, when they talk about Bischoff and Flair goes, yeah, he's either going to do this or he's going to run the company out of business. And then Hogan goes, huh, out of business. Tell me about it. And it's like, motherfucker, you is a fucking guy. You're one of the fucking guys. You fucking bitch. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, You know, I, I've, I'm looking at my Thunder in Paradise poster. You get what I'm saying? I love Mr. Nanny. You know, Hogan is still Hogan, but fuck me. Claimed a Thunder in Paradise poster. So you fucking jealous, man. Shut up. You fucking want it. <laughs> That's why you keep talking about it. Next up, Chris <laughs> Jericho. And uh, this rookie, this up-and-coming guy. Yeah. Um, he's ripped to shreds. He's definitely been on the shakes. It's, uh, am I pronouncing this right, John Cena? No, it's... Uh... John China. John China. John China. You got that big mouth, John China. His, his red, his red shorts are, uh, are quite the outfit. This is, I, I swear, he had another name in OVW. It was like, or was it, it was Batista? Prototype, yeah. Pro, that's right, the prototype, prototype yeah. yeah. So Man, you know, machine or something. Well, prototypes they make in a lab, don't they? So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> Sorry, man. We're on, we're talking about the Ico Pro, but he's um. If you look at our lovely Ico Pro uh, Jack Award winners mugs, uh, John Cena, this young rookie, um, his first ever pay per view, and he could take he could take home the Ico Pro Award this week. Who knows? Could indeed. He um, could. It's a slow burn. This one. It's, it's it's decent back and forth stuff between Jericho and Cena. The fans were a little bit quiet, though. They're not warming to this Cena guy just yet. I don't know if he's going to get over. I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be that popular, to be honest. Le Champion um, does a, a oh, good yes. job of trying to put him over, though. He does. There was a... There was a this is 100% credit to Chris Jericho on this. Cena botches an Oklahoma roll. Don't know if you, don't know if you yep. caught yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, like an absolute pro, Jericho just catches it and rolls him up. Yeah, and it's sometimes you're not looking for it, but you see it and it's there, and you're like, Jesus, you know, that's you quickly note that down because I just thought that was perfect work from Jericho, you know, a real pro, just bro. It... And it's not something that you know had to, would, 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 would have been shared a hundred times on social media or something, you know, when someone botches or someone dives through the dives from, you know, onto a hundred people and misses them or something like that. It's like, yeah, Jericho, really, really credit to Jericho there. Jer Jericho is one of the most accomplished wrestlers the business has ever had. Right. It, when, 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 when I heard 
that Jericho was going to AEW when it first started, I was fucking over the moon, dude. It was, you know, I've got, I think the person I've got the most or one of the people I've got the most figures of is probably Chris Jericho in all different iterations. Different guises, yeah. You know, I've got so many... I I love Jericho. I think he's fucking fantastic. He's been able to change his character over the years and still stay relevant, even up to the point when he was, you know, had the list, you know, and he was was going through that and the scarf and everything. Him and Kevin Owens as a a team, I know that they weren't exactly the best of friends outside the ring, but him and Kevin Owens as a a tandem-like sort of thing on TV was, was absolutely incredible. It, Jericho is one of the best, without doubt, you know, and I know people take the piss out of him now because he's a bit chubby and, you know, he's doing bits with, in AEW and stuff. And I mean, you'd, you'd, the amount of work that Jericho's done over the years, you would have thought that he would have maybe had a hand in the book in a bit, don't you think? Uh, probably not around this time, but... No, no, no. I mean, in AEW... Don't you think that he he should or he could be or maybe he just doesn't fucking want to? He's known enough to, you know, get yeah. Probably book a show on his own. Like I was really looking, I was really enjoying the stuff he was doing with Sammy Guevara, and then they switched it over, switched that role over to MJF, and I and I didn't enjoy it as much. It's just something that that's my take on it. They did the dancing thing and that, and that dancing thing and stuff was perfect for Jericho. It wasn't so much for. You know Maxwell, but little Maxwell, hey, yes, little Maxwell. Um, but but yeah, Jericho. Sorry, mate. Like I say, just basically trying to make the point that I fucking love Jericho. I think he's fantastic. You know everything we've watched, everything he's done. You know from you know ECW stuff, WCW stuff. He was in Japan. Oh, so he was. We're seeing some some Smoky Mountain stuff as well, man. Like, yeah, dude. Jericho's been up and down. You know, and Jericho was in the van when Cornet went mental at Wendy's. It's crazy, dude. And and still to this day, one of the greatest matches on a WrestleMania is Chris Jericho versus um Shawn Michaels. Absolutely. Absolute cracker of a match. Uh, as we uh, as we dive further into the match, Cena counters a walls of Jericho in to roll up roll up Jericho and get the win. Again, like just it's a little bit surprising. But this rookie, this uh, greenhorn John Cena, gets the win <laughs> over over Jericho. Jericho throws a tantrum, you know, almost like the WCW days in like '98 when he would throw a tantrum when he lost and he'd had enough. Or was that when Ralphus was there with him? This might have been around Ralphus time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut again to Bischoff and Coach waiting outside Stephanie's office, and a lawyer shows up for Stephanie with things to be signed and Bischoff is doing bits. He's shitting it, isn't he? He's fucking, no, you can't go in there. No, just blah, blah, blah. And the attorney's like, no, I've got these documents. I've got to go in there. And he's like, what? A contract? What the fuck? And he's, you know, he's losing, he's losing, he's pissed. It's, Um, yeah. It's a different time. It's a different world because our two commentators for the second half of the show, Jerry, Jerry King Lawler and Jim Ross come out and they get a decent pop. Commentators, yeah, getting pops. It's, it's what, what a world we live in here. 
It's fantastic, dude. But the fact is as well, they said they were going to do half the show each, right? Yeah. And it's been less than an hour and already fucking... <laughs> they're getting rid of... Coal off, yeah. yeah, but I'm not being funny. People knock coal. I've, I thought on this show he was fantastic, dude. I, I, I do, you know, I always liked the coal and Taz. Same. You know, Taz was always incredibly knowledgeable on the moves and stuff. And he just, he would break it down. And Cole was your, you know, your standard, you know, guy as well. Like your main guy in commentary. It was, it was a decent team. I thought so. I, you know, Cole, he's got a lot of shit, you know, especially in a certain awards, he was awarded fucking worst commentator or whatever this year. But, you know, it's... Um, well, don't worry, Tony Khan's going to get primer of the year this year, so... Of course he will. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but only because I wrote it for him. No, no, it's on Dynamite. On Dynamite. You get time to prepare, Matt. <laughs> I can't help it, Matt. It's you so fucking bad. love we're it. Gonna, we were going to mock it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> we get a quick vid on the, on the power of Brock Lesnar, the next big thing, because it is our Intercontinental Championship match. It is Brock Lesnar with his main man, Paul Heyman, taking on our champion, Rob Van Dam. And again, nice pop for RVD. Lovely this, pop, this, huge this, pop. I mean, this whole show is littered with stars and we shouldn't forget that. Bro, I mean, you've got Brock Lesnar versus Rob Van Dam. Yeah. I mean, fuck me. You know, and this is when they're both at their peak, bro. I mean, Brock Lesnar has just come through OVW, you know, within a year or so. Um, I mean, who was that we were talking about, the class of 2002 or 2001? Yeah, dead like Randy Orton, Batista, Brock, John Cena, Shelton Benjamin, like... Charlie Haas. Yeah, some some really excellent wrestlers. Um, Brock Lesnar, at this point, already has a championship match at SummerSlam for winning King of the Ring. So he'll be yeah. taking on the winner of the triple threat main event. Um, and Brock is showcasing his power early on in this match. It's lots of, you know, power slams and you know, suplex stuff like this. It's just, you know, he's beast. He's beastly, isn't he? He's, 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 he's a machine. Brock is a machine. You've got, you know, you've got a Heyman... Uh, as JR calls him, Heyman is a large hemorrhoid on the lips of life. Yeah. Um, fuck me, JR. You pulled that one out the bag, son. I do think, however, it is time to dish out our award for the evening. And I th- I'm pretty sure it goes to Brock. He is monstrous. Brock- I mean, Cena is very close. He's cut to hell. Like, yeah. And Eddie Guerrero as well was also. Eddie was a close third. Yeah. I, I would say it goes Brock. Cena, um, uh, Guerrero. Yeah, Brock, Cena, and Guerrero. Um, that's pretty much as good as it no, gets. Brock, Brock Lesnar is this week's winner of the Ico Pro Jack Awards. Jacked Awards. Um, we would send you a cup, um, but Shoot you would. It. Yeah, you. <laughs> I I don't really want to contact you because you probably will. Yeah, we'll put on the off. put on the forwarding address back to you, Chris. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> My only problem with this, apart from some of those dodgy sort of punches and microphone shots we saw on AEW the other week or last week, yeah, does anyone throw weaker looking punches than Van Damme? Yeah, um, <clears throat> his, his kicks were a lot better than his punches, excellent. but his punches are just I don't know, he just doesn't look right, <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, you've got you've got Heyman like. 
fawning on the on the side of the ring. He's like looking at Brock like that with his head on his hands, like so oh look at him. Oh he's he's, he's fantastic. Like he's still doing that talking smack stuff. Like, Unbelievable. It's been nearly 20 years and he's still Paul Heyman is still like you know the focus of TV in wrestling. It's absolutely insane. Um this is where the match kicks into high gear. The comeback from Rob Van Dam is is beautiful. There's so much good stuff that kicks the aerial stuff. You know, he counters an F5 of a DDT. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's it falls apart. It was going to, you know, Brock's not going to get pinned and they didn't want to put the, title, the Intercontinental title on Brock either. So. so, obviously, Heyman gets involved. He does. Um, it looks like Van Damme's going to get the free count and then um, Heyman just pulls... Um, Rob Van Dam off of Lesnar, the referee <laughs> gives it the DQ finish. Um, and then it takes a weird turn because blink and you'll miss it, and the referee's pummeling Paul Heyman. Yeah, it's literally the referee's rolled out and he's smacking Paul Heyman like repeatedly in the top of the head. Um, it's fucking, it's a little bit <coughs> mental how, how we got there, it's, but um, it's, it's, yeah. But then uh, Brock does get his heat back, he does F5 Rob Van Dam on a chair, yeah. Um, I have a question. Go for it. Who had a better first year, Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle? Uh, Kurt Angle. Okay, that was Kurt big. Angle. Brock, Brock, Brock Lesnar. I mean, I don't know. To be honest, I I think I only say that because I'm such a Kurt Angle mark. But okay. if you think about what Kurt Angle achieved after his first year as well, you know, I mean, it's. It's great, but I mean, Brock Lesnar came in as well and just literally took the game by storm. He, he, he just, you know, on his on his size alone. But I think for being a capable worker and and doing what he did, I think Kurt Angle. I think Kurt Angle. You can't. Yeah, I mean, like I I can't I can't have anyone top Kurt Angle. I fucking love the guy. I think that. Anyone who did what he did in his first year, just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Okay. Um, I'm going to hot take it and say Brock Lesnar. And that's why. Well, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, well, but, but I mean, I can see why. I mean, it's easily, you know. Yeah. I it's, mean, did Angle, did Angle hold gold in his first year? Yeah. He, he won everything. Like he won the Intercontinental. He won the. Yeah. Cube. Yeah, just before the year was up, he like his first year was up. He won the world title as well. That's Brock right. Obviously, you know, would win the world title pretty quickly. Um, he would also he main event at WrestleMania before the end of his first year in WWE. Well, Lesnar did. Yeah, WrestleMania mm. 19. It's like yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. But who did he With main event angle, yes. with? Angle. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's it's one of them ones where you know. Kurt Angle, for me, I mean, I was going to wait until the main event to show the merchandise, but I think we've spoke, spoke about Kurt Angle so much that I might have to just get it out now. Yeah, just get it out. With this it. is uh, 2002, the year that we're watching, WWF All Access Kurt Angle signed card. Signed? Yeah. Lovely. Look at him. Look at the intensity. There's a there's a little bit of glare off your screen, but it's because 
it's because it's in a very shiny protective case because I don't like taking it out. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. There you go. I mean, Kurt Angle for me is is easily up there with your Brett the Hitman Hearts. Um, you know, that level of worker. Yeah, he's an all-time great for sure. He's an he's an all-time great. And I I you know, people talk about the um you know the the Mount Rushmore of wrestling and everybody's Mount Mount Rushmore is going to be different. But you know, I would have to put Kurt Angle up there. I mean, his matches I mean, think how long Kurt Angle had been in the business by this main event. How many how many years has he was, been yes, in? Yes, like I said, it was just it was second um, four years here. Four years, yeah. Um, under four years, yeah. Yeah, because he came in what 98, 99 ish. Yeah. You know, 99. So talking about three odd years. And fuck me, his performance in this main event, I mean, we'll get to it, but it's just absolutely phenomenal. I think he outworks the Undertaker and, and the Rock. You know, like it's it's like incredible, you know. And Kurt Angle's another one for me that I've just I've got so many Kurt Angle figures. I've got, you know, WrestleMania ones, I've got um, you know, the rebellion ones, I've got a heat figure, I've got TNA figures um of Kurt Angle. I've literally got hold, so hold many that thought for one second. I will find I've got Kurt Angle here. I think Jordan's going to delve in and grab one of his figures. We're, we're a lover of figures and merchandise, as you can see on this. If you're watching the video, you can see the figures all behind me. I mean, my Kurt Angle one here, um, WWF Heat. This is one we don't see a lot. You don't see it a lot on the, in anywhere, really. It's the, uh, you can see that it's the raw uncovered. Dude, I'm actually talking with a guy on Facebook at the moment who's got one of these. It is the Raw magazine with Kurt Angle. Yes. You don't I, see a I, lot of them around. It will be mine. Oh, yes. <laughs> it will be mine. Um, so, yeah, there's the Jack, my Jack's Pacific heat Kurt Angle. So, yeah, man, I actually, that one... That one that you've just pulled out there is one that I really want. Um, him wearing the American Stars and Stripes hat. Yeah. yeah, I fucking love that one. But yeah, Kurt Angle. Yeah, Amazing. But we'll get to him as well. Stephanie tells Eric Bischoff that Triple H signed. Um, Triple H comes out and clarifies to an almost tearful Bischoff that he signed divorce papers, which um, you almost forget that that storyline <laughs> happened. Yeah, I, I, I to be honest, I did forget, and then they spoke about it, and I was like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. Um, they went divorce there. Divorce papers. Um, we've got a... This is a strange one, because I didn't, I really didn't remember a bill to this, but we're going to get it anyway. He said, no DQ, Big Show, or Paul White, whatever you want to call him now, against Booker T. And i got to be honest, this had all the hallmarks of a TV match, like something for Raw, because all JR and King were talking about was Triple H. Yeah, do you know what? It's funny. I've got that in my notes as well. It's like the whole time in the um, in the commentary, they were just talking about Triple H and, you know, Steph and where he's going to go and all this kind of stuff. But for me as well, Big Show had been dominating Booker T. All, I mean, and as you would, I mean, the size of Big Show... Really, really like big at this point, yeah. you know he was huge 
And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because you think about Big Show as well, and he's in AEW at the moment, but a lot of people forget he was a huge part of WCW yeah. when WCW was starting to emerge as, as, as going to be taking over WWF at that time. It was, you know, he was main eventing. He was main eventing in WCW with Hogan. And throwing drop kicks. They were, you know, throwing drop kicks and stuff, bruv, and having fucking um, monster truck uh, fights on fell, roofs. Fell off the arena, didn't he? Do you get what I'm saying, bruv? Like, you know, the giant, like, people forget what, what you know, the, what the giant big show, like you say, whoever, whatever you want to call him, like, he's, he's been around. Hasn't he? huh? He's had a lot of opportunities. He really has, bro. Um, we do get a we do get a scissor kick through the Spanish announce table, which I thought was a bit random for this match. Like I didn't think this match was yeah, it was a bit early spot, but bit early to make um, hysterics laughing at this spot as well for some reason. I'm he's pissed, sure. yeah, because they've got to sit there for the rest of the show just on chairs with no monitor. Like you see him later on, it looks so sad. Yeah. They're just sitting there with their pads on their laps on these chairs with like a collapsed table. It's like you'd think they'd bring out a fucking other it's little table for him. Yeah, just... yeah, like put the monitors on there or something for them. Fucking wankers. Um, we get, I mean, JR calls it the Houston hangover. It's something we remember as the Harlem hangover. Harlem. Yep, it's the Harlem hangover. Win and the crowd go mental for a spinneroni afterwards. Like said, a, quick mate, match, a quick throwaway, I think it was more than yeah. The, the China cosplay woman goes fucking crazy for the spinneroni. You know, a lady, you know, chap, you know, I don't know who, but um, yeah, go they go crazy. But a, a great thing in this, like, I thought it was great the way that they had big show, like, punching away chair shots. You know, like someone would come in for a chair shot and he'd literally just bosh and just fucking punch away the chair and that. And I was thinking, yeah, it probably hurt quite a bit. Um, yeah, probably. But God, that was fucking incredible. Uh, we are heading off to the world, which was in Times Square. Somewhere like, I never got to visit this place because uh, by the time I got to New York, it had already been shut down. Um uh, <laughs> uh, it's Tori Wilson and Dawn Marie. They're picking their main event winners and uh, they're arguing over who has the better. But yeah, talking about the golden, else, yeah. yeah, the golden Fong award and who's got the best ass and all this. Uncle and it's Gary clearly wants to, you know, of course he does, obviously. But Billy Gunn's obviously got the best ass. Fuck's sake, he's yeah, Mr. Ass. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so god damn. That would be it would make more sense for him to have won it, but never mind. That's right. <laughs> um, we get to the point in the show where it's uh, it's more of a segment than a match. It's Triple H's decision. This segment does get a lot of time, though. I was going to say it's a fucking long segment. <laughs> Eric Bischoff comes out. Is uh, is smarmy schneidy best? Like he's got a big grin on his face. He's sort of expecting that he's going to get the going to get Triple H to Raw. He's trying to sell the fact that he can get. He knows people in Hollywood and. You know, he's not lying. He does have, you know, friends in you know, the TV business. Bro, did you clock when he he, he, he nearly says WCW superstar? He did. He, he nearly says it. It nearly it, it comes close. out. He covers it. But he was talking about, he goes, yeah. He goes, um, I've got the contacts in the movie business, you know, and they're looking for the next big WCW WWE star. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's like, oh, nearly. Um, nearly 
Steph will interrupt and come out in this wonderfully white sort of like power suit thing. Bro, um, she, come, she comes out looking like Brother Love in a pink T-shirt. <laughs> Just in case we didn't know who was the baby face, she's wearing white and yeah. Bishop is in black. Um, she does bring up Triple H's WCW run, which, you know, is forgotten about by most people, but not yeah. us. No, not us. We remember Terror Rising. Yeah, of course we do. We remember terrorizing. And, um, you know, she talks about, oh, you remember you know, Eric Bischoff said that you weren't worth nothing, you know. And then uh, he talks about... He said he, that to a few guys in the WWE. Yeah, it's true. You know, the whole fucking... I could turn around to, and then Triple H turns around to Bischoff and say, yeah, I could turn around and say, screw you to your face and I know you won't like it very much but I'll say screw you to Steph and I know she likes it yeah. <laughs> it's like oh they yeah. went there he calls Bischoff an arrogant prick um, <laughs> Stephanie yep. a cold hearted bitch yep and then Shawn Michaels turns up from nowhere really it's just Shawn Michaels is here he does his posing he's dancing around the NWO has been disbanded he was a part of it very briefly for a for a cup, cup of coffee cup of coffee yeah that's it um fans are chatting for dx they want a dx reunion Shawn michaels immediately bats for bischoff and goes and wants him to join him on raw which is i don't know i thought it was a bit weird like but he said you know friendship and fun and all that and triple h goes for it he picks it he picks raw bischoff is gloating talks about how he's got testicles and then gets a slap in the face and fuck me, does Steph lay that slap in? She's been pretty good at them over the years. Yeah, she lays it in, man. Great stuff. Um, and then we get more segment stuff because, you know, it's the biggest story of the night, apparently. <clears throat> Random guy, again, is with Rikishi. Rikishi's disappointed with Triple H. It's like, okay. And then Terry is with Booker T and Goldust. And... Amazing. Yeah, Goldust. So talking about games and they've got bigger joysticks and it's great that the way I, I mean again gold dust dustin roads for me is one of the greatest i mean people talk shit about gold dust the character or whatever but fuck i love gold dust i've loved him since the the you know the car parking lot brawl bro from you know from the yeah. early days oh, you know? Woman piper yeah yeah you know he, he was great you know he's um there was he was actually in a dark match in or on the heat match. It was um Gold Dust versus Stephen Richards. Yes, I did see that. So you couldn't couldn't get it on the network, but it was on YouTube. Yeah, it's a, yeah. So it was um that was the I call it a dark match. It wasn't a dark match. It was on heat or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, that was Gold Dust, and he's there. He's like, yeah, that's right, Booker. He might be the game, but we've got. Bigger joysticks. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh yeah, the bigger joysticks. Um, it's just so good, man. It's just incredible. Like, I just love Gold Dust. I just, I just love him. <laughs> we get a quick. Well, it's not even that quick, actually. It felt quite long. We get a video sort of explaining why we're going to have a tag team title match next. Hogan and Hulk Hogan and Edge against Lance Storm and Christian, and how they become un-American or anti-American. What a gimmick that is. Um, oh, it's great. I hate, the, I hate the country I work in. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. 
I love it. I think it's great. I love the anti-Americans. It's it's Lance Storm Christian against our WrestleMania 37 host Hulk Hogan and Edge, the uh, tag team champions. There's still a lot of Hulkamaniacs in 2002, though. Fuck me, dude. The roof comes up when Hogan comes out. And he's playing the tag team title as well. Playing the invisible banjo. It is just... (laughs) The roof comes off the place. You know, in Detroit, Michigan, they fucking love Hogan and that red and yellow. It is just... You know, the pop's incredible. And JR does his uh, Hulk impression. He's like, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> you know? And then and then King goes, oh, show me your pythons. They look more like earthworms. Uh, <laughs> Their banter, just, it, sometimes it can be all right, but it's just nowhere near, you know, Gorilla and Bobby or anything. Even, you know, Gorilla and Jesse. Like, just, yeah. Um, Hogan no-sells the double suplex. He probably walked straight into that meeting and said, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yes. Um, Did you notice um, how light they were working in this match? Did you notice how many, like, they were working when when, when um, Christian and Lance Storm got hold of Hogan and they were, like, whacking him on the back? They were li- It was just literally love taps. It, some of them looked really terrible. And um, Hogan... Yeah. They didn't want to, you know, injure his neck. You know, it's probably still hurting from 1991. But <laughs> which was ironically in, the in this building. It was in that building. In Detroit, baby. Shit you not. It was fucking it was 1991 in that building where Hogan lied there in the middle of the ring for ages and did a, buff, did a buff bag well. <laughs> it's I mean, to be begin- but they were working really light, and they were, they yeah. were, you know, Hogan, Hogan done a couple of punches on them, Lance Storm as well, where he completely missed him, and you could see it. Yeah, it's. But anyway, that's wrestling, bro. They were always yeah. the Storm and Christian were always going to get the heat on edge to begin with, and then we get a Hogan Hulk up, which is pretty lousy, actually. As Hulk ups go, it wasn't the best. No. Um, but then to my amazement, we do get a little bit of, they do get a bit of heat on Hogan. They do go after him. They keep him in the ring for a bit. I always thought Hogan would be the hot tag guy, but he wasn't. Edge was the hot tag guy, yeah. yeah. I think at this point Hogan was fucked though. His 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 neck, his back, he was I mean, he he was like a hundred and six at this point. <laughs> um, you know, his um his hair was you know, 87. We probably still like hurting because, you know, the undertaker was there at any point ready to give him another tombstone. That's right. right. You know, it is Hogan was, his body was absolutely fucked at this point. So you couldn't find Jack Tunney. No, but bro, let's get to the end of this match because he has a fucking where's Tunney moment at the end of this match. (laughs) Don't know if you clocked it. I don't say this often. Nice ref bump. It was a good ref bump. Yeah. It was good. Yep, yep. Yeah, we don't say that at all, really. Most no, when, when usually go south pretty quickly. But we give credit where credit's due for the old ref bumps. If they're good and they're done well, we love them. And because the ref is down, we're going to have some shenanigans. Test comes in and boots edge. Uh, Rikishi comes bowling down. He uh, he takes edge, not edge. Sorry, he takes Test back up the ramp. And then Chris Jericho from out of nowhere with the 
with the title belt in hand, lays out Edge. And we have new champions, Lance Storm and Christian. Fuck yes. And then Hogan proceeds to take off his belt, okay? Takes off his belt. He's lying there next to Edge, and he's got his belt, and he's going to the referee. He's whacking the belt. He's like, yeah, he came in and whacked the belt on his I'm head. Like, he wasn't putting his feet under the ropes again. Like he, he, <laughs> he was like, where's Tunney? He had a flashback. He's like, where's Tunney? I need to show him that... Because Hogan loves that, doesn't he? He loves to, like, recreate stuff. He took off his belt, and he was whacking it on his head to try and show the ref, like... Oh, Jericho came in and smacked the belt on his head and she's like, dude, lose gracefully, goddammit. He never did, did he? Nah. He's crying about something. Fuck um, it. And he was giving it the heel tactics as well, even in this match. He was like doing the whole face stomp, yeah, you know, when they put it on the oh, eyes yeah. and then, you know, with the boot. I suppose when you get a bit older, and I use the term older in the nicest way, like when you get older, like you can get away with those tactics because you are more respected, you know, legendary sets. Like Ric Flair, no one was booing him when he was doing low blows and poking eyes. Same with yeah, Roddy Piper. Like, yeah, I think I've actually got a Ric Flair t-shirt on. <laughs> that is an incredible t-shirt. <laughs> For people that can't see and they're listening on the uh, podcast, it's... um. A, a picture of Ric Flair going woo in front of the Wu-Tang symbol. So it's Wu-Tang. That is... I've never seen that T-shirt before. That is. Have brilliant. you not? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So that's my Ric Flair Wu-Tang T-shirt. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Flair. Yeah, but you got to be fair to Flair. Um, you always <laughs> be fair to Flair. So, yeah. Uh, the the guy again. I feel bad now because like this guy we don't know his name, but random guy, <clears throat> the interviewer talks to Steph. Um, she says that she's going to win the war here with Bischoff for regarding Triple H signing with Raw and stuff. Uh, Bischoff stopped Kurt Angle on the way to the ring. Yep. Um, he says he wants him on Raw, but Kurt is brushing him off because Kurt's getting into title match mode and is looking pretty intense. And. We get the uh, we get the Taker angle from SmackDown recap where Taker taps as Angle gets counted for a three. Great finish. Yeah. Great finish. And we are, we've already spoke about it, but we are at main main event time. The star power is fucking immense here. Like they've built it. It's big fight, big time match. It's vengeance. It's not even SummerSlam. It's not going to say Mania. It's a huge <clears throat> main event. You know, and it is, it's it's the rock, it's Kurt Angle and the Undertaker for the Undertaker's undisputed title. And damn, like the pops here, Rock and Taker get some massive pops. And Taker's meant to be healed. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean he is. He's the, he's a bit dastardly as well, ain't he, at this time? Yeah. Um but I think he'd started to I think the turn came when he went back to the ring and gave Jeff Hardy his respect after the ladder match. I think they slowly started to flip him over a bit. Right, right. But yeah, Taker is a uh, yeah. This is this match just is wonderful. What a way to end a show for us! Like watching it. Oh, it's great. You know, we 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 watch some fucking piles of dog doo doo um, <laughs> over over the time when we review pay per views. But fuck me, this was not one of them. This was <clears throat> this was a fantastic match absolutely you know you want to talk about five star matches this oh, was a fucking 
This was a fucking nine, dude. It was incredible. Incredible. Rock and Undertaker start joining with each other and Angle is desperate to get into the conversation. It's great. It, gets, but yeah, this is... Pops. Yeah, just like... You know, it, Angle wasn't... He's not just... He's not just like a good wrestler. Bless you, my friend. Um, yeah. he, he wasn't just a good worker in the ring. He... he his segments, his his whole character building, just who the character of Kurt Angle really was, you know, like, he, he, you know, he could work, you know, he really could work. Um, and, you, yeah, you, The Rock and The Undertaker are, like, talking and chatting to each other, and he's standing there, and he's like, hey, I'm Kurt Angle. You will not ignore me. You will pay respect. And then they both turn around and give him a fucking slap. Now... Again, I know I use this term every now and again, smooth as silk, but rock and angle together. Jeez. Dude, you, you want to talk... I would, ab- I would attribute a lot of that to Kurt Angle, but like, you know, rock rock can go as well. Like, oh, so good. Let's not I forget mean, about him. Whose punches were we talking about being rubbish? Oh, Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam's. I'll tell you what, the, one of the best punches in the business is Kurt Angle. Yeah. Kurt Angle's punches and kicks, the way he, the way he moves and the way yeah, take, he Taker throws some good right hands too. Oh, Taker can fucking throw some. Yeah, I mean, even The Rock can throw some pretty good punches as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he, sometimes he, he's a bit up and down, and he he does a bit in this where he does the whole mocks the Undertaker with the motorcycle nice. <laughs> when he's doing his like when he's doing his ode to his dad. Um, but yeah, I mean, you. you Anyway, even if you don't want to watch this whole pay-per-view, you this main event for any wrestling fan is just it's so like up, down, up, down, up, down. It is like yeah, you know incredible. Back and oh there's we get to we get to a point in the match where now this is this is why it's so perfect. It's we get a choke slam by the rock on the Undertaker. But instead of going straight into the next spot where Kurt Angle rock bottoms the rock, we have a slow, not even slow, but slow enough. There's a pinfall attempt. Someone fucking sells the move. Yeah. Like, and then we get, you know, the rock bottom by Kurt Angle on the rock and he sells it and we get a pin attempt and then take its angle with the angle slam. Yeah. And it's paced. It's beautiful, mate. Is it? There is, there is. There is one point in this match, though, where um, Angle's getting battered, yeah, and then the referee goes, are you all right, Kurt? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit too close to a mic, and it, yeah, they caught it. But it was, you know, this this match is just absolutely fantastic. It feels know. frantic, but nothing is being rushed. No, it's, it's yeah. great. You know, you've got... Um, the Rock has got the ankle lock on... Um, on Kurt, he roll, rolls out of it, then rock bottoms the rock, then the taker angle slams Kurt. Yeah. And like you say, you've got the way it's paced is like, and my God, the pop for the people's elbow. I've got that. Yeah. The people's elbow places going nuts and that hard camera just. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. And the take, it's, you know, unbelievable, Matt. You know, it is just. For a move as flimsy as that, it's just. It's so good, Matt. I mean, Kurt Angle was busted open bad as well in this. Well, I, he, he must blade after he hits the post. He does, yeah. After he hits the post, yeah. Um, 
he, 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 he obviously juices, but it, he's fucking pissing blood when he's on the edge of the ring. It's, it's absolutely crazy. But this, the, he, he, then he hits The Undertaker with a savage chair shot. Well, that's, yeah, we get the rock goes low on The Undertaker and then Kurt Angle hits him with a chair and there's no protection. He's just, oh, I watched it. And even <laughs> my missus is watching telly next door and I was watching it. I watched this main event twice because... It was just so fast paced. It's like, it's so hard to take notes and that. And, oh you know, yeah, my notes were, I was struggling to keep up. It's crazy. And that chair shot, every single time it gets me, I'm like, oh fuck, you know, like, oh, it's a bit of a na- nasty Kurt, one. But Kurt misses know. his opportunity because he, he lays out take on the chair, hits the angle slam on the rock and then takes too long to pin either of them. Yeah, and he, and but he goes nice. for, he gets two counts on both of them. Yes. Don't, don't, it's fantastic. Um, and then, you know, Rock puts Kurt in a sharpshooter. He's about to tap. It looks like he's about to tap. Undertaker gets involved. We get a last ride on the Rock. Yeah. Ankle lock on the Undertaker. This is how how good it is. It's just keep, it's so well paced. It just keeps going. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Undertaker goes for that last ride. Angle puts on, a, it's not a triangle, but it's a, some sort of... Like a leg choke or something. Yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, he does like eventually a... transition into a triangle, but it's... Yeah. In, you know, just... In my head, it's not a triangle until he puts it on properly. <laughs> and yeah, like Taker is fading. He's fading away and The Rock saves him. And, and then we get a really close call on a victory roll. Yeah. All things like, yeah, like this, you know, the fans are completely into it. And then we do get a rock bottom on Kurt Angle and that's it. We're done. Yeah, because the angle, yeah, angle, angle slams Taker. And then turns around and takes his singlet down. But then as he turns around, the rock standing there gives him the boot, gives him the rock bottom. One, two, three. It's just what a match. And it is what a match, mate. I mean, also, can you there's no way that the Undertaker, as in, in his original gimmick, could have ever had matches like this. Um because he wouldn't be able to, because it was the whole no sell. Well, later later on he does because he has match he has a match with Kurt Angle like as you know in the Dead Man sort of gimmick and <clears throat> he does have more like wrestling sort of matches. Obviously he has his matches with Shawn Michaels, which are you know beyond yeah. excellent. And in, in the Dead Man sort of gimmick, so yeah, it's this version of the Undertaker is the perfect version for this match. Absolutely, that that was that was the point I was trying to make. Like. Yeah. There's no other version of The Undertaker that could have really had this match. It was really, you know, this, this, the all American badass or whatever, you know. Was it, it was called something else though, weren't he? What it called the. Oh, he might have been Big Evil or something at this Big point. Big Evil. That's the one. It was Big Evil. It was. It was Big Evil because that's what was on his t shirt. But Big Evil. It's an incredible treat for us to be able to watch something this good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. It, you know, it, it really is a treat. But you've, when, you've sat through World War Three and stuff like that. When you've sat through greed, um, you know, yeah. it is a fuck. It's like a kid in a sweet shop, this pay-per-view. And we do sometimes, I mean, torture ourselves wouldn't be the right word, but like we do put ourselves through, through some pretty bad stuff to just to have fun with it. But this is, yeah, this is completely different. This is a different one. Like it hit so hard, this match. It was wonderful to sit and watch and enjoy and take notes i was it was it was fantastic it's always you know and it's always a pleasure 
to to watch angle work for me i just and i know people mock tna all the time but my god he had some fucking great matches in tna as well he really did and he weren't even really in the best of shape neck wise um or whatever but my god kurt angle for me a hundred percent and I, I know you i know you rate him as well you know he's he's just one of the best man without a doubt and yeah. i would have been happy to see kurt angle win this match 100 percent. you know I think he outworked both well, they, of them. They were obviously saving Angle and Lesnar for, you know, not for SummerSlam. They're saving it for WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah, That'd be fine. Yeah, the Rock and Lesnar would square off at uh, SummerSlam, and that was the night where the fans turned on the Rock of all people. Like, yeah, yeah, and I mean that's a, that's a great show in itself. You know, Angle takes on Mysterio, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, oh, yeah, what a hell, what a show that is. Yes, that, that's the thing, you know. Yeah, SummerSlam 2002, isn't it? Yeah. You know, another great event. You know, this era is just, it was incredible, you know, it really was. It's just the amount of talent, the amount of names, the fantastic matches, you know, incredible. Yeah. Great stuff. And, I mean, JR and the King sign us off and, you know, with The Rock celebrating with the championship and there we go, that's Vengeance 2002. Seven-time champion, The Rock. That's right. And as always, Mm-mm. we don't know what we're watching next. We no, we don't. We actually haven't. <laughs> we we haven't spoken about this yet. Um, as we always say, we like to do. You know, like to switch between the companies, so we don't ever really do a WCW, then a, another one. We always kind of, you know, so it's going to be because you know we'll like to be doing some stuff around WrestleMania week, which will involve current sort of wrestling stuff which is you know always fun especially when there's wrestling on every night of the week that week i think guys like i say it's going to be clockwork orange like you know matchsticks in eyeballs for wrestling that week we'll probably be sick of wrestling by the end of wrestlemania (laughs) you say that but we won't no (laughs) (laughs) we won't you know uh, because then we'll be back on it on the podcast so yeah we we don't know what we're going to watch next i mean i would like to personally divert from the program and maybe do a tna or an ecw or something like that um i know no but dude honestly some of them are just incredible some of the events from and there was i don't care what anybody says there was a golden era of tna um where people weren't being kidnapped and um (laughs) I actually watched, listen, I watched TNA. Uh, well, it's not TNA anymore, is it? It's Impact Wrestling. Yes, I, I, I watched Impact Wrestling last week. And to be fair, the, the wrestling was actually not bad. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, like, I, I didn't see it, but I did hear that Moose and Rich One had a really good main event, like for the they were merging the titles, the Impact and TNA titles. So, you know, I'm sure it was sure it was a good show. But I... yeah, the, you know, it was um, the, the the one that I watched had like a, a six woman tag, and it had uh, uh what what the the girl that was in WWE with 
Uh, she's an Australian lass. Oh, Tennille. Tennille Dashwood yeah. was in it, and you. So it was a six-woman tag, and she she done the dance, didn't she? With oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, with Santino. Um, but yeah, it the wrestling was was all right. There was one character called Black Taurus, and he was in like a like a little stable with uh, that crazy Steve that I was talking about with you before, yeah, the clown yeah. character. And you know, TNA or Impact Wrestling, like I say, the in ring work wasn't bad at all. <laughs> I would say better than 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 AEW. Don't don't worry, Kenny Omega will be their champion very soon. I fucking hope not, dude. Honestly, I'm I mean, this 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 relationship is not it's not mutually beneficial. Not no, it's, it's in any a- way, shape, or form. Yeah. It it's not. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, you've got these fucking dick. It, that's right. You you know, you've got these dickheads online who are still. I mean, I shouldn't join any more AEW groups. I shouldn't no, know. But you know, they're talking. Oh yeah. So I I saw this comment. I shit you not. When someone said as bold as brass. Yeah, yeah, but we all know Tony Khan owns Impact Wrestling anyway. And people are like, dude, you can go online and see who actually owns it, and it's a conglomerate of of people, and there's, like, you know, entertainment companies that actually own 95% of it or whatever, and, you know, what's her name? Um, Dixie Carter owns, like, fucking 2% of it or something still. Um, you know, they're in debt up to their eyeballs and shit like that. You know, it's not a financially viable decision for anyone to be buying Impact Wrestling, really, at the moment, especially Tony Khan. But, you know, these it's not a mutually beneficial relationship, especially when you've got them mocking TNA in openly, AEW, yeah. openly yeah. mocking them, you know, and it's like, hold on a minute, you know, TNA for, for, for its good and its bad has been around and has been an alternative to WWE for a good fucking long time, you know, and it was built up from the ground up by people like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, Jay Lethal, um, you know, um, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I was going to say, you ain't going to ignore Jeff Jarrett. Of course not. I've got, you know, and I love my TNA figures, you know, I've, you know, I love them. I've got, you know, and Samoa Joe, let's not forget, like, and Kurt Angle as well, the, the the main event mafia, say what you will, bro, you know, they had fucking Kurt Angle, Booker T, Sting, you know, Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, they had, you know, some incredible, credible wrestlers over the time, you know, and, and to see, it really fucking grinds my gears to see what is being done to, to Impact Wrestling right now, because I'll always be an advocate for TNA and Impact Wrestling, always. And I just don't like it, Jordan. I don't like it the way they're taking the piss out of them. I don't like it. I think that's a pretty, pretty good way to end. <laughs> I think we're probably going to have to do a TNA pay-per-view next. Just because, it's, yeah, just because of that, I think we're going to have to do a TNA show. We have to, dude. I yeah. will pick a right good one for us as well, dude. Honestly, I will. I'll, I'll pick. There, there's some real good bound for glories. Um, you know, we've already done like a lockdown. Uh, and we're still in we fucking do, lockdown. Yeah, we did do a lockdown in lockdown. Yeah, we did. We did a lockdown <laughs> in lockdown. So I think we should probably do like a Bound for Glory. Um, you know, there, there's been some really good ones. There really has. So with that, I think we'll thank everyone for sticking around. If you're still with us, if you're still listening, watching, remember to hit those Touch buttons. Touch 
the fucking the buttons, you know, bell, man. Touch it. Like to inquire about a mug, you know where to find us, any one of our social media sites, or our email address, which Chris will put back up on the screen. Chat grapple and cheat pops at gmail.com easy. on the screen. Easy to spell that one. Easy. <laughs> but yeah, we thank you for sticking around and we will see you next time. <laughs>